Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. What's up, dude? Not too much. What's going on with you? Much. Just uh, getting ready for a vacation, which I am very excited about. You're going to South Carolina? Hilton Head Island, which I've never been to. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped, man. So my family used to go to a little place called Fripp Island, about 60 miles north of that. But that was very remote. Like, Is this a common destination for your area? People go to South Carolina? Yes, very common, especially Hilton Head. Like Hilton Head, some of these other islands, Kiowa, where the PGA is going to be. These are all very, very popular destinations for southwestern Ohioans. Interesting. It's like a 10 or 11 hour drive, I think. So it's a, it's a little hike. Yeah. But yes, I'll be leaving Friday, which means we have the all call episode. All calls. Quick reminder, dropping next Monday. We already have a lot, so we might have to actually pick and choose and discriminate a little on what we're going to use. But 310-359-8365 and most likely, we will not have an episode next Thursday. Yeah, most likely. Although, like I said to Andy pre-show, it's like if something breaks and I need to do something, I will I will do it while you're off the grid. Yeah, I'm trying to just really relax and enjoy uh, a vacation. And to be honest, you know, same for you. Like, it's good to take a day off occasionally. I mean, we can't be Cal Ripken out here. Yeah. But I'm not taking a day off this weekend. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm in San Francisco. If anybody wants to come to shows, all the details are on my website at JoePrano.com. San Francisco. Where are you staying up there? I actually just got a hotel. Um, crazy hotel deal on Hotel Tonight. Uh, some place, I'm not going to say the name of the hotel in case any uh, Tim Tebow lovers want to murder me. But uh, yeah, a hotel in like, you know, downtown San Francisco. Nice. See, if, we'll see if the uh, Tonga room is open. You got to fill me in on the scene up there. I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't know the exact area where I was staying. I know San Francisco pretty well. But I didn't know the exact area. So I asked somebody from San Fran. I was like, this doesn't seem like it's in a bad part of town, but it's also like a crazy cheap hotel. What's the deal? And he's like, no, it's a fine part of town. Although, who knows with like COVID homelessness, zombie action. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Wow. I know. I, th I think they got hit from what I've read. They got hit pretty hard. Like with the homeless action, like LA has yeah. been hit, but like, like a lot, a lot more people I think have left the San Francisco area, whether it's to a different state or just a close by Northern California area they've been hit pretty hard but 
who knows, man? But I who just, knows? But I, we're, I just we're know sa- I, we're saving we're saving the city this weekend with stand up comedy. So if you're in, in around San Francisco, come to my shows. Yeah, that's great, man. I mean, I mean, look, dude, we've been saying it like we're we're we're, we're pretty much there. We're we're almost at the finish line. I think so. I mean, I mean, I mean, when yeah. Costco and Trader Joe's and Target are saying you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. Like, I think because those, those are three companies that were very strict from the start before the government even issued mask mandates. So when those businesses say that makes me feel pretty good. Let's go 2020, no, 2021. I mean, roaring 20s. Missed the year. By the way, there is nothing roaring about my 20. Like I hyped up everything. Not doing any of that. Not right now. In, in terms of what? Like, I'm not like going out and stuff. What am I doing? Right. right. Plus NBA finals or NBA playoffs is uh, they're here. They've arrived. It's been a long time coming. Let's start. If we're starting with the NBA, let's start with a home playoff series in Madison Square Garden. Let's go. The roaring 20s, the decade of the Knicks. When's the last time they hosted a home playoff series? Honestly, it has to be, you know, 2013. Yeah, right? Yeah. So eight years ago. So you guys finished strong. You, you locked up that four seed. Let's go. And we got Atlanta. Which is a favorable matchup. The the best one I could have hoped for out of, you know, Heat or Bucks. And then... Surprise, surprise, he who shall not be named has started a 15th Twitter account to predict that the Hawks will get will wax the Knicks. How do you how do you know that that's he who shall not be named? He doesn't even pretend not. He's just, you know, the name alone. Jimbo B and a bunch of numbers. (laughs) And, um, you know, that's him, though. And you know what? That gives me so much confidence in the Knicks because we have to go all the way back to the original start of the story. The original He Shall Not Be Named bursted on the scene with Memphis Grizzlies dynasty incoming. prano has been on the Warriors all year. They're going to lose to the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies will be NBA champions. Well, and actually, here we are. He Who Shall Not Be Named claimed that in 2015. Yep. year like before the warriors started uh you know they, their first title was you're right yeah it yeah. was 2015 okay I, I, and, i'm incorrect okay and i predicted on that christmas show with chris wild that the warriors by removing mark jackson would be nba champions and so everybody's like this is craziness so he was buying into the zach randolph marcus soul the big men not only that he was buying into them beating the team that went on to win what three of the next five yeah. So now he's coming at you about you'll, your yeah. You love to see it. Yeah. So now he's on the. So I'll tell you what though, man. You 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 had a thing for he who shall not be named. I mean, I mean, I thought he was interesting, but like you loved him. Yeah. And then he there spurned was, you. There. Well, you know, listen, the all kinds of the devious baby. Like I'm, I was all in good fun. You know, was was defecating in footwear 
and throwing it in fast food restaurants like hilarious something i support no was it hilarious even we came out openly and said do not do this this is something yeah and he did anyway and it was hilarious and i mean he was he was maybe the first periscope star in history oh my god and then to to support that behavior even though we didn't support it that we like got behind it that we helped promote it you know i really felt like we stepped out and and sort of back some things that we weren't even necessarily fans of but then to just steal money from somebody like i didn't talk to my brother for 10 years because he stole money from me so you know certainly i'm not going to talk to a cross-eyed half-wit that stole money from me you know he called me from south korea that's a that's a good uh phone bill I think I sent you that, right? Yeah. He, he called me to like apologize. And I wondered if there was going to be a forthcoming Joe Prano makeup. Yeah. Venmo and handwritten letter. But you guys haven't made your amends. No. Because I believe he's still of the opinion that Tyrod Taylor would be the charger starting quarterback right now. Had he not gotten hurt. (laughs) Well, you Knicks have the Hawks. Let's go. We have this year. This year, the the thing that scares me about the series would be like a Gallinari dagger. That's my fear. We well, we have the. What are they calling the seven through 10 games? The play in games. They're just the, known as the play in games. Play in tournament. Yeah. So we have those. Now, is this a, a permanent fixture for the NBA playoffs? Seems like it because it was instituted last year and uh, they're, they're sticking with it. So it's it sure seems like it. I don't I don't hate it. I also am not fully committed to it yet. I, I don't know how I feel about it just yet. I don't hate it, but because it brings excitement, but I don't love, and this has nothing to do with any of the teams that are in. This has nothing to do with the Lakers and LeBron, blah, blah, blah. But like the idea that a 10 seed could be in and a seven seed could be out. Now those are both unlikely to happen that, that a 10 seed would win both their games and, the seven seed would lose both their games. That would happen. But if you look at the records, it's like, I, I, for, I don't know what the records are in the East, but I know in the West, the Lakers. Yeah. I have it in front of me. The Lakers trailblazers and Mavericks all have the same record. Correct. So the Lakers are, you know, a tiebreaker away from being the five seed and they could potentially be out and the 10 seed could potentially be in. That seems reckless. Yeah. I mean, the difference is nine wins between the Lakers and the Spurs, the 7 10. So there's a huge disparity there. Right. And but I, I like, and it, I th- I like I think it for making all the games matter yeah. down the stretch. I mean, Lakers Warriors is pretty exciting. You have Steph coming off an amazing year, MVP type year against the Lakers. I mean, come on. Who you got in that game? 
I mean Lakers. <laughs> what? I mean, I mean Lakers. Well, you got you got to be a little homer. I lived in LA for 13 plus years. I want to see the Lakers go far. I'm curious to see how they do. I didn't like I didn't like the end of I didn't like last night's games. I didn't like guys I didn't like teams throwing games for matchup reasons. That seemed really kind of whack. Um that's you know that that's kind of like the downside of it. It's like the end. It's like it's the same as the NFL. The adding a seventeenth week, but now what? Are we going to have an extra week of games that kind of don't matter because seating will be locked up and we'll be playing? Blah blah blah. Fantasy football starts in week twelve now. It's like, I mean, listen, I tweeted it last night, but like. I actually hope that the like I hope there's a Nuggets Lakers matchup because throwing games to to you know put the Lakers in the uh, in the play in seems kind of reckless. Well, that would have to be much later, right? Because the Nuggets are a three seed. Yeah, yeah, but I kind of hope it. I kind of hope it comes down to that because I'd like to see a nice revenge factor. Because like I don't like that. I root for the Nuggets. I like the Nuggets. And Nuggets fans, shameful for you guys to do this, but claiming like rest, like you're not going to play a playoff game for a week as is. What kind of you're, you need an extra day of rest? Yeah, I don't like I don't like throne games. We we went through this with the, the Giants, you know, Eagles, Washington scenario. I don't like the blatant throwing of games. It's one thing to you know rest guys when that's like a re- like th- that's the thing in week sixteen or whatever. In the NFL, you're giving your starters a rest. That's one thing. You know sure. what I mean? But like, don't give your starters a rest because you're trying to keep some team out. I think it sets a bad example to your team mentally. I agree. I don't like it. It's clearly part of it, but you're going to have to play the Lakers at some point, right? Right. So you're the message in or a way. There- they're kind of hoping that they don't have to play the sure. Lakers at some point. But the message is saying we're scared. Well, that's clearly what it is. And that's but the, just but the other side would argue, are, are you scared or is it a smart strategic move? Is it smart and strategic? What are you, what are you accomplishing? I don't know. I don't like know. You said like, you don't want them in the first round. Like, don't you want to play them? Wouldn't you rather play them earlier than later? I would, because the longer, the Lakers are coming off. Obviously, there's two stars with injuries. The longer that they're in, the more they gel. To me, it's just a matter of like, it's just a matter again of like the the Peterson thing with the with the Eagles. Just from like a a human standpoint, the coach has to be like, "All right, you're coming out," and like whether it's spoken or unspoken, when you go with Nate Sudfeld or when you go with all these guys in the Nuggets game last night, you're again, whether you say it to your team or not, you're setting this precedent. Like sometimes we're not playing to win. And I don't like that. I like, uh, like I said, the week 16 game where you're putting in your second stringers, where you're putting in Matt Flynn and you're saying, win the game, win the game. 
Go and win the game and go get yourself a $50 million contract. Win the game. Like we believe our second string can win the game. The yeah. Nuggets didn't do that. The Nuggets were down 35 points in like the second quarter. Like they didn't do that. Sure. The Eagles didn't do that. And to me, it just gives me a bad, it just gives me a bad feeling to go like we're trying to lose. Like the word, the tanking thing, just I'm just not a fan of it. Well, they get the the Blazers again, so the Nuggets still. Yeah. Now I'm a big, I mean, big, big Blazers fan at this point. I mean, obviously, my boy CJ, but my my love for CJ has been, you know, tempered by my hatred of Carmelo. So it's always tough with the of the uh, Blazers these days. But fuck the Nuggets. And I like the Nuggets, and I rooted for the Nuggets. I I've rooted for the Nuggets this every second since Melo left. I love Jokic. I think he should be the MVP. But kind of a soft bitch ass move. Do they make it past the first round? I don't think they do. All right, so that so that's a big upset. Let's let's talk some upsets. You think? Portland beats Denver. What about this Clippers Mavs series? Um, I think it's gonna be a good series. I think it's gonna be a good series. I'll be rooting for the Mavs. I'm not one of the Knicks fans who's like fuck Dallas and everything. I mean, I love Luca. I love KP. I love Mark Cuban. I love that they accept Dogecoin for you know purchases uh i hate the clippers and i don't even really like i feel bad saying i hate the clippers because you know i don't want pain and suffering in chris wilde's world but like also just fuck the clippers i don't care though it's like i i i wouldn't mind seeing them play well without doc in the playoffs too so i'm a little confused on this format to be honest why are the Lakers playing the Warriors? If they're a seven, wouldn't a seven play a 10? Seven plays. So you have to win. If you're the seven seed, you have to lose two games to be eliminated. If you're the 10 seed or the nine seed, you have to win two games to be eliminated to, so to if, make it in. So if the Lakers beat the Warriors, they're in. Lakers beat the Warriors, they're in. And then the winner of the... 9-10 game plays the Warriors. If the Lakers lose to the Warriors, the winner of the 9-10 game plays the Lakers. The winner of that game stays in. A little complex for me. I'm I I failed college algebra. I had to retake it. So there's a 9-10 matchup and then a 7-8 matchup, and then the winners, the losers play. The loser of the one game and the winner of the other game play. Gotcha. The winner of that 7-8 game is in. Automatically. In. Who do you like in that game? Who do I like in which game? Lakers Warriors. I like the Lakers. I just think, you know, the Lakers are a good defensive team. And I think as great as Steph is, I think a defensive strategy just to stop Steph, you know, without the clay, without the KD, without the other guys, I think the Lakers have a good defensive scheme. 
And uh, I think that they attack Steph, and I think they win a down and dirty game. They're five point favorites as of now. Yeah. All right. On the east side, what are some upsets you like? You like any upsets? Uh, give me my matchups again. You got Brooklyn against, you know, whoever comes out of that is a seven. Right. Which could be Boston, Washington, Indy, Charlotte. You got Milwaukee, Miami. That's an interesting series. It's interesting. I, a lot of people are on the Miami upset. I'm not on that one. I think the Bucks win. I think Oladipo out is, you know, I think that's what they needed for like a, the 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 rerun of last year. Um, I don't think they're catching anybody off guard this year. I like I like the Bucks to avenge their loss from last year. I'm just happy that Jamie, uh, not Jimmy Fox, Jimmy Butler, who looks like Jamie Fox, ruined the whole joke. Never mind. I was just gonna say I'm happy that he could has the time to play basketball while also starring as Mike Tyson. Have you seen Jamie Fox by the way? Yeah. As, as Mike Tyson. Yeah. You see how ripped he is. Seen pictures, bro. A bro. I want, like, I want to have somebody just say, "Hey, I'm gonna take you under my wing. You're gonna be eating this food. You're gonna be trained this way. We're gonna, You're gonna just be get, taking these PEDs. We're just gonna. Get, I don't want to do that, but we're gonna get you so ripped over the next three months. If there's anybody out there willing to do that to me for free, let me know. That'd be pretty cool." To just transform your body. You think he's for sure taking PEDs? I think all those guys, I think, tend to uh, take because, like, it's not illegal. You know what I mean? They're they're not in some sort of competition. Sure. Like Ben Affleck going from like a guy who's eating, you know, Dunkin' Donuts three square meals a day to Batman. Pretty sure he's just like, yeah, give me that HGH and let's fucking rip some workouts. By the way, I heard a great, speaking of Ben Affleck, I heard a great Matt Damon story this weekend from my brother. Great. Can't wait to hear it. Share your share your Matt Damon story. It's a pretty quick one, but it's good. So his, uh, I'm not going to name names, not that it would matter, but his boss for his job was in Matt Damon's fraternity. He went to Harvard. And this is like, I don't know, maybe a couple few years. What was Matt Damon's first big role? Was it School Ties? Probably. So this is like a few years before that. And like, they're all hanging out and they're playing pool or something. Damon's like, I think I'm going to get into acting. And then so my brother's boss is like, that's a, that's a terrible idea. He's like, dude, you know, the chances like we're we're at Harvard, man. Like, you know, the chances of you making it are whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he, that's the story here. That's the story. Like, like I thought it's a quick one. He basically was pushing. I was like, what's where's the twist? There's no twist. He was basically pushing him not to do it and not to drop out and not to pursue any of this and how hard it was. Did he drop out? Yeah. So he didn't officially graduate from Harvard. Cause I know the thing was that Goodwill hunting was like a playwriting class project. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know if he went back. I'm pretty sure he dropped. I'm pretty sure he did not officially get his undergrad from Harvard. That's pretty cool. Imagine being in his fraternity. Like, 
And this guy just blows. There's a lot of those guys who just were so close. I know Brad Pitt was the same way. He went to Mizzou. He was like this close to graduating and just like, forget this. I'm going to Hollywood. So kids, if there's a moral to this story, I just named two mega stars. Drop out of college. Yeah. It's the most overrated thing. Really is. Look at all these NBA guys we're talking about. How many of them have college degrees? How many Instagram models do they bang? How much money do they make? And, and Instagram models don't have college degrees either. No. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're really changing the youth. One, uh, one thing at a time here. Okay. Those Sixers match up in the, in the I, don't, I don't know what round it would be called. You have to like that also if the Knicks make it past the Hawks. I mean, listen, I love that's a better matchup than obviously Brooklyn. Yeah. In Brooklyn, I would love to see Brooklyn, but like New York Philly has, you know, just as much of a rivalry as I mean, I wouldn't say as much as Knicks Nets do, which has obviously gained a lot of momentum these last couple of years. But uh I, listen, I'm I'm I I hate to be cliche, but we're taking this one game at a time. I'll worry about I'll worry about who comes out of the fucking yeah. Sixers later. Which the Sixers will, but that'll be great. I love it. I actually probably would rather play the Nets second just because all that's going on with the Nets and you know, but God, I mean, can you imagine a Knicks Nets Eastern Conference? I'm getting so far ahead of myself. Can't, okay, well I can't even, let, can't even, I can't even fathom how excitement how excited that I'd be for that. Let's go even farther ahead at title odds. I, I got the latest in front of me. Nets are the overwhelming favorites as of right now. Wow. They are plus 160. Then the Lakers at plus 450. Then at plus 600, you have the Clippers, Sixers, and Jazz. Wow. Then we go to the Bucks at plus 900. I like the, the Bucks value. Yeah. The Suns at plus 1800. Nuggets, 2800. Heat, 4500. Mavs, 5000. Blazers, 6500. Warriors a thousand and your Knicks at twelve hundred. So Vegas is saying the Nets are the uh, you know people still they're still putting their faith in it. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's going to take all those guys being together, and it'll be interesting to see if injuries or personal reasons or whatever flame up in the playoffs or if this has been the whole plan the whole time like very Shaq Lakers style like hey let's just play as much as we're comfortable with and then turn it on come playoffs we'll see now Kyrie made news again because he was refusing to answer any basketball related questions and he gave a lot of big quotes about what's going on in the world what's going on in I got to say, I know that, you know, you read me some of the stuff, but I, I just think, let me start by saying, I think the fact that the professional sports leagues make athletes talk is stupid. I think that they're all down to talk for the most part. I think, I think the majority, I think a guy like LeBron and a guy like, you know, Steph and a guy like whatever, they know the importance of growing the game. I think they, they understand like the media, whatever. I think um, 
you know, forcing guys to talk. You, you every couple of years we have something like this. I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just like, like at the very least, I think teams should have like you know an exemption or something like that, and be, just be like, hey, or or you know, or write a letter to the commissioner to the start of every year. Here's why I don't think I should be forced to whatever. I just uh, after after the games like, about basketball. Just about any, like they're forced to talk to the press. I just think that's dumb. We're like, it's the equivalent of when you go to a baseball game now and you see like a Coca-Cola sign, like no one needs Coca-Cola ads. No one's being swayed by a Coca-Cola ad. I I recently just debated this with somebody that very literally Coca-Cola. Because it's one of those things like Coca-Cola and McDonald's. Like I, I, I have a theory that like, you know what this, okay. I want to hear what you have to say. Then I'll tell you what this person said to me. I have a theory that like Coca-Cola could save themselves so much money. If, if, you know, every third year they were just like, we're not advertising at all this year. So I made that argument recently to somebody who's in this world. We were, we were hanging out at a buddy's place watching um, a Reds game. And I said that. I said, your very argument. I said, dude, I don't get it. And I used Coke and then I used McDonald's, same two companies. I said, does it really matter? Coke is the official brand of the entire world. The most recognizable soda is Coke. And this dude was saying, no, man, I'm telling you, they, they do it because it just keeps it in people's head. That's why I go, why is Coke advertising during the Super Bowl? Why is like, those are huge overpriced advertisements. Why are they doing it during? And his argument was, if that was the case, then they would stop. If if your standpoint, which is saying they don't need to, they would stop. I don't know. I I don't think you can just, I don't think you stop entirely, but I think you could, I think you could do it, you know, keep it in there, keep it in the forefront, keep it in the forefront, and then just pull it every once in a while. No one will notice. And I think that's the way it is with the NBA. Like, I, listen, we can get into what Kyrie said and we can get into like, you know, what he's doing for shit, whatever. Like, that's a whole other thing. But also like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I should have to hear Kyrie make these answers because he doesn't want to talk about basketball. I don't feel like I should have to hear Marshawn Lynch be like, I'm here so I just, just so I don't get fined. Like, what about just like, letting dudes who want to play basketball and not talk to the media after do that. Look, I see both sides on this argument. Like you said, growing the game. I mean, he's one of their stars. Come on. Also the NBA knows he's going to give sound bites and the old adage of all press is good press. We're talking about it now. He wasn't responding to questions about the game. He was going on these long rants about, humanity and all the atrocities going on in the world. But then you got the fucking, you know, dipshit people who are upset because he's not talking stick to basketball, shut up and dribble. But but that but that's my point is that the NBA is probably viewing it from all press is good press. People are looking at the Twitter clips. They're watching the videos. This is all good for revenue. You could argue any sort of press is good press. And there's probably I, I don't know the on all this stuff that you and I are talking about, I don't know the formula behind it. That's what I was trying to say to, to this dude at the party. I said, I said, what is the quantifiable numbers that Coca-Cola can show me if I'm in that world 
well, they'll never be able to show you what would happen if they didn't because they've never done it. And there's so many relationships from ad sales teams to their press people to like whatever. There's there's careers and careers and careers of people whose job it is to do that. Now, I could argue you can still have those jobs and keep those people working and the money you save, you can put toward the next round of it or whatever. But it, it goes back to the same thing as like, listen, I'm not saying... Coca-Cola shouldn't have been advertising everywhere in the fifties and the sixties and, and becoming the most recognizable brand in the world. I'm not saying that the NBA shouldn't have forced Larry bird and magic Johnson and Michael Jordan to talk to the press after every game and grow the game to where it is, but we're there. And now we're getting into a point where it's like, but as as you and I always say, once you've gone somewhere, remember forever I was saying, get rid of instant replay because they fuck it up. And your argument always back to me would be, dude, we've already gone there. That that, that we, changes we, the the competitive nature of the game and the way people... I'm talking about post-game press. If a guy doesn't want to do it, let him fucking skip it. Like, t- you know, put his, you know, out out for lunch sign up. Like... Well, I think the problem is it's it's an antiquated system in that you have reporters asking lame, boring questions. We see it. I, like, I don't watch these. I don't watch because any of these. Because if they ask not boring questions, then they're removed and like whatever. Like It's listen, like, Kyrie, what were you thinking on that second to last play of the game? Dude, where you took Pizza a star and I were in locker rooms, people hated us. And, and by the way, not the players and shit like that. They loved us. It was the greatest thing ever. We had guys doing sketches with us and shit. But the sports information directors from schools, the NCAA, all those people, they hated us because they're like, oh, they're asking questions like about food and stuff. And like, oh, like, we don't like it. We like it when they only ask these things. And that's that's why I'm saying it's like it's dumb because you don't allow anybody in there to ask questions that these guys want to answer you don't have anybody in there answering interesting things you get the Popoviches being annoyed and being like didn't i already answer that you get belichick's being annoyed and being like you know you get bryce harper being like it's a clown question bro but the the media is trash but also like if a guy just doesn't want to do it i just i just think it's very un-american to be like you have to talk to the press fuck you I think it just comes with the territory, man. You know, all the, all the, when you look at movies, all the, the media junkets that they do and all the interviews that they do to promote movies and they make them all go on talk shows and they make them all sing carpool karaoke and they make them all whatever. When's the last time you saw Jack Nicholson on a TV show? He's, he's an outlier though. But he said it from the beginning. He started, he said, I'm never doing it. But you're talking about one of the greatest of all time. You're talking about a guy who was so great. They would. I would argue. I would argue he's I would argue this is part of his greatness. This is part of his allure that people don't know what happens, that the stories of Jack Nicholson, you go to his house and he shows up naked holding a pie. And you're like, what? Like, are these true? Are these false? We don't know. It's a mystery. It's like, I don't need to fucking hear Kyrie talk about basketball if he doesn't want to talk about basketball. Look, I don't listen to the interviews. I don't really care either. But I just think it's 
you know, it, it, it is, it is very similar with the entertainment business. When you do a movie and let's say Warner brothers studio is investing $10 million in you. I, I think it's somewhat fair for them to say, Hey, you got to do press. Now you got to go on James Corden and do hacky, corny, abysmal car karaoke. You have to go play beer pong with Jimmy Fallon. I mean, I get it. I think it's lame. It's boring. See, I think if you leave it up to, if you, if you say, Hey, I auditioned, you picked me, you thought I would do the best job. I want to have a career, so I'm going to go do it because I think it benefits me. But if I don't think it benefits me, I'm not going to go do it. And you could have picked somebody else to do it, but you didn't. But if, if Warner Brothers Studio says, hey, we paid you $10 million on top of the hundreds of million dollars that cost to make this movie, on top of the publicity and advertising that we're spending, if they're saying, hey, this is a $300 million investment, the least you can do is hit the press market for a couple of weeks. I think that's reasonable. I think it just has to be a give and take, right? And if you say no, I think you should like, you know, again, I'm just- I mean, Remember Ed Norton, the first Hulk thing when he refused to promote it? Because he thought it was trash. Yeah. And everybody saw it and everybody agreed it was trash. And, you know, we all moved on. And now they have a different Hulk and everybody loves them. I, I, look, I don't, I know what you're saying. I just like, you know, we, like I said, we can dive into the Kyrie thing, but again, my problem with it is like, we're going to dive into the Kyrie thing and we can dissect what Kyrie said, but we're going to dissect something he said under duress, not wanting to talk. And now he's going to say why he doesn't want to talk and people are going to shit on that. I, in a way, disagree with that. I, I think this is what Kyrie wants to say. I think this is all part of his brand. I think he comes out like, I don't want to talk basketball. And like I said, I think Kyrie. See this, but this is my point. We don't know because he's forced to do it. In my opinion, I think Kyrie tries to sound smarter than he is. He's been doing it for years, going back to the the earth being flat. I mean, I don't think here's the thing. When you're not that smart, I don't think the strategy is I want to sound like people who are dumb don't know that they're dumb. I don't think he's trying to sound uh, smarter than I, I don't think I he's don't, trying to sound smarter than he is. I think he thinks he sounds smart. Well, both could be in play here. I, I know plenty of people who try to sound like they're more educated than they are. But, you know, because he just gives, like I said, he just gives vague generalities. My point is, again, and go ahead. You can go ahead and read the quotes. Like when he says, I, you know, I don't want to talk about basketball because blah, 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 blah. We would know if that was true or if he's doing a standing on the soapbox thing, if he didn't have to talk to them, then I would be like, oh, you don't have to talk to them. But now you're doing this thing about Israel and Palestine and the world being flat and whatever. Like, oh, well, fuck you then. But these are long quotes, Joe. These aren't to me. There's a huge there's a huge difference between Kyrie Irving and Marshawn Lynch. Kyrie is going in these long speech type rants where Marshawn Lynch is saying, I'm, I'm just here. So I don't get fined. There's a right. huge difference. 
but Kyrie's explaining why he claims he doesn't want to talk basketball. As opposed to Marshawn Lynch, who's not explaining. He's just saying, I don't want to talk. But you guys are making me talk. Kyrie is saying, here's why I don't want to talk. I mean, these are long. So, I mean, go ahead and read one. I don't, you know. Here, here's a couple of the long quotes. This is what started it all. I'm not going to lie to you guys. A lot of stuff is going on in this world, and basketball is just not the most important thing to me right now. There's a lot of stuff going on overseas. So quickly, the first two sentences, well, no shit, Kyrie. There's always a lot of stuff. Like to, to me, this is like you're not getting to anything. He's just said there's a lot of stuff going on, and there's a lot of stuff going on overseas. Then he proceeds to say, all my people, they're still in bondage all across the world. And there's a lot of dehumanization going on. So I apologize if I'm not going to be focused on your questions. It's just too much going on in the world for me to be talking about basketball. He literally described nothing right there. He didn't. He didn't well, describe I mean, anything. Yeah. But I think when he says a lot going on overseas, specifically right now, obviously, it seems like he's talking about Israel and Palestine and the, the way that that is, you know. You'd think, but then he goes on to say this. Up, he mentions that. But then he goes on to say this. I'm focused on this crap 24-7 most of the time, but it's just too much going on as well not to address. It's sad to see this crap going on, and it's not just in Palestine. It's not just in Israel. It's all over the world, man, and I feel it. I'm very compassionate to all races, all cultures, and see a lot of different people being discriminated upon or against based on the religion, color of their skin, what they believe in. We all say we're human beings and we care and we're compassionate, but what are you doing to help? This is what Kyrie just did, in my opinion. He's that college girl who thinks she's changing the world, probably a white girl, just going to call it as it is, who thinks she's changing the world, who stands up and says a bunch of fucking bullshit that, that with no substance, like, what are you talking about, dude? That like, give me a specific if he's like, no, hey, Andy, absolutely not. Give you a specific. Then the shut up and dribble come out and the, oh, I, you know, I'm just so tired of all these guys having politics. And he talked about Israel and Palestine, but he didn't talk about China and the NBA is in bed with China. And why isn't he worried about the people in China? What, and, and why did he talk about this specific incident, this specific incident? Why didn't he talk about slavery and Nike factories when Kyrie's shoes are made in Nike factories? We've already been down this path. We've already been down this path. You're asking him to be specific, but we've already been down the path even on this show where if he's specific about one thing, then it's he has to be specific about every single thing that's going on in the world or else he's a hypocrite. Well, I think just the general garble or whatever you want to call it. That's why I'm saying don't let the guy talk to the press. And then if he does, you're then you're going, bro, what? Like this is a... This is a weird statement to come out and try to say, as opposed to now you're going, he's literally going, there's a lot of shit going on and I don't really care that much about basketball. I do it for a living, but it's not on the forefront of my thing. And is uh, he but, trying and, to be an activist? Is he trying to change the world? I don't know because, and if, and if he is him to talk, I respect that. By the way, like I have no problem. Do whatever you want, Kyrie, but we keep hearing the same thing over and over again. 
I would argue to Kyrie, if this is truly what you want to do, great. Maybe you just doesn't play basketball though. Because you're you're taking you're taking, I'm not even talking about the interviews. You're taking games off multiple times. Maybe you just need a break for basketball, which cool, dude. Do your thing. Go work for whoever you want. Work for any causes. I think that will eventually happen with Kyrie. But I think he's and it's not easy. I, I I get it. Like, like you can be stuck in the middle on things. I get it. It's not, it's not easy just to put something down, which for him would be what he's known for playing basketball. It's not easy, but I, I, I have to laugh. Like I said, in, in the generalities of like the, the reason I use the college girl is I, I think we have to focus. I'm just, I'm talking about people in general, like focus on something, try to fine tune that or help out try to be good at one thing in life. I don't know. You, you, we, we can't attack everything at once, right? It's I mean, not I easy. I, yeah, I don't. I mean, remember, I, remember you and I used, to, I used to always make jokes about Bono that it would annoy me because I'm like, dude, pick a cause. Like, which, which one are you doing? Like you're picking all of them every single time. You're the face of AIDS in the world. You're the face of child hunger. Those are, like, I mean, you know. Which are all good causes, but I, I just think basically Mr. Africa, you know, those are two malaria and hunger and water and AIDS. I mean, Bono is Mr. Africa. He is though. He, he is. That's, that's like his, his shtick, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but again, listen, I think Kyrie deserves some criticism for this. If he is holding a press conference to say like, if you, you know, the difference between him and the college girl is like, Oh, she's sitting out there and she's being like, I, I know all you guys want to talk about the football team, but let's talk about It's like, no one fucking asked you <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just watch the football game. It's like, but you know, there's a lot going on in Israel and Palestine. So go fucking go to Israel. Yeah. And do something about it. The, the, the reason that I give, and I'm not a Kyrie fan. But the reason yeah. I'm giving Kyrie half a break here is because he's forced to talk to people after basketball games. Yeah. And I, I don't like that. And then it's like, and then he's in a position where he either, you know, is a traitor to himself and he talks basketball, even though he doesn't think it's that important. Or he puts himself in a position where people are going to be upset because he mentions one thing, but he doesn't mention some other thing. And all the what about ism and the like pick well, a fucking lane and blah, blah, blah. But, but I think, you know, who cares about that? Like, like, I, look, obviously he's not in the best position as far as he's not who being cares about that. These 20 something athletes who, you know, get into Twitter beefs every single time something like this happens. But, you, you know, you, you get, again, you got to get past that. Yeah. And I know it's not easy for the record. I like, He's not look. These are these are young men. They're the best of the best athletes. I, I do want to say this about them. That they are, I, I agree with you that you're putting them in front of the media day in and day out. That would be exhausting. That'd be exhausting for me. Yeah. So I, I see your point there. And I guess I'm being lame. I'm not taking a side. 
I'm saying I can see how the NBA is saying, get your ass up there and talk. But I can also see your point of you saying like, dude, every game you got to talk. Yeah. Doesn't his play on the court stand for itself? Why are you asking me a question about the shot I took in the third quarter? You saw it. I saw it. TV saw it. Why do we have to discuss it? Yeah. I get it. Also now with social media and whatever, all these guys have a presence. They all are putting shit out there. They're all, you know, doing their thing. The media pers- persona is very calculated and they're, you know, I, I don't know. And you're right. And I, and I think a lot of these media guys, they're trying to have the, I gotcha moment. Exactly. And, and, and these guys and they, you know, which isn't new. I mean, it goes back to Jim Gray, what he said that, you know, Pete Rose, when he was inducted, you know, the all century team where Pete was finally allowed back on a baseball field and he pulled that crap. Yeah. So it's, it's nothing new. Just, just play basketball, bro. I think he, you know, he's, that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. Kind of. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, and I don't not know. Every, and not everybody's like that. And it's like, you can't, you know, you know, damned if you do damned, if you don't, when I say that, I don't, I don't mean like you have to just play basketball. I, I, I what I mean, what I mean is, you know what I mean? Yeah. He just wants that option and other yeah. people don't, and they get crucified for that. And he does. And he gets crucified. It's like, you, you can't win. There, there's a, there's a fair point to that, about you can't win. Not everybody's Marshawn Lynch. Right. Who from that, I think everybody loved how he played it off. Well, moving right along, you know, they inducted the Hall of Fame and now we have a new class. Yeah. The class was KG, Kobe, Duncan. Who else? Those are the important ones. Watch somebody's like, you didn't mention so-and-so. Well, did I see Tony Kukoc? Is he inducted? Oh, no, you're looking ahead. Oh, the next class. So they, because, they already announced the next class? Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. So what happened was because of COVID, they pushed everything. So now the 2019 class, I'm sorry, the 2020 class was inducted this year, but they were technically the 2020 class. Now the 2021 class will also be enshrined in six months no i'm sorry four months got it so covid fucked everything up so now this year's class will be chris bosh paul pierce ben wallace chris weber coaches will be rick adelman jay wright and bill russell as a coach which is like guys he's already in the hall of fame i don't get that but whatever and then you're right tony kukoc was nominated for the international committee and also from other, <laughs> I'm just looking for a joke here. I'm looking at random people who from other areas have been elected. Howard Garfunkel. Not sure if he's related to art. I like, I like the, I mean, both of these classes are pretty strong. Obviously we went in depth on the announcement from the other class. So, you know, Kobe, obviously the marquee guy, you know, after after his death but also was kind of already the marquee guy even though there is no argument tim duncan was the best of that bunch um and 
I like the other class. I know there's been some question about Bosch. I think Bosch would have gotten in, especially if he played longer. I think, you know, the way, the way his career ended, I think he, he's rightfully in. Um, I was sort of on the fence with Weber, but it's the basketball hall of fame. He obviously had, you know, an important college career and an NBA important NBA career, a great NBA career. I think Wallace, you know, I, I saw some arguments on Wallace. It's like the guy won four defensive MVPs. There's no argument. Or the defensive players yeah. of the year, you know. Um, and I saw I saw somebody and I messaged them instead of like re- replying openly. But I, I DM them and was like, here's the thing. This happens in all sports. I mean, uh, you know, Ozzy Smith hit 262. He has 28 career homers. <laughs> He's in because he played defense. And Ben Wallace was the single best defender in basketball four times. Like him and Dikembe are the only two in NBA history to win that award four yeah, times. I'm totally fine with him getting in. Yeah, me too. I, I like we did talked you about watch this. any of the did you watch any of the inductions? Did you watch any of the speeches? You I watched watch- a couple clips. I mean, that was basically it, to be honest. Any anything exciting? Like, did we actually hear Tim Duncan talk? Yeah, I watched uh, some of his clips, actually. Great. And KG. I liked it. I like his new look. Duncan's? Yeah, looks good. I like uh, him and Dennis, him and, uh, yeah, I was going to say Dennis Robinson. Him and David Robinson together. Robinson looks like he can still play. I know. Dude is chiseled, huh? Yeah. I forgot how good he was. Then I felt, then I felt, you know, when these happen, oh, I, I, yeah, he was I, hella good. I start looking at stats on guys and I'm, then I start looking at his and I forgot that he won two titles with the Spurs, technically, Robinson. I mean, you and I have said it, like how good Duncan is. And you just yeah. said it again, but a lot, you know, a lot of those Kobe stands would argue, like, there is no argument. I agree. There is, there is no argument. Tim Duncan, I'd argue, even in the series where he didn't win the finals MVP, was the best player on five championship teams. Kobe, arguably the best player on two championship teams. Tim Duncan. All-around player. Yeah. Arguably. Arguably Every not. single Kobe stand will fight you on that. Go go look at YouTube on some of the videos we posted. It's pretty yeah. funny. Well, listen, I've I've been here the whole time, motherfuckers. I like pre-death, post-death, while he was playing, whatever. Like, I you can go back to well, you can't go back because they're you know they're out of the library. But like, you were arguing with me on pow for years, and I'm just like, yeah, if you I, look at it though, I was offensively. You know the the advanced metrics, all that stuff. Like you, nerd, could argue- nerd, nerd. That's what everybody's gonna say back to you. Trust me. Cool. I'm not saying I agree. The nerd, cool. nerd. Nice, nice stats, nerd. Cool. I'm not even a like. The great thing about me, I'm not even an advanced analytics guy. I don't look at them ever. What happens to me is I have an eye test, like opinion, and then when I look at that stuff, I'm like, yeah, it turns out I was right the whole time. And my thing is because, I, I, listen, 
from from you know six years old when I started playing competitive basketball. The guys who just fucking shoot a ton of shots and make thirty percent of them and don't pass the ball aren't as good as you think they are. Points be damned. Yeah, that's basically why they came up with stats like player efficiency rating, value and, over and what replacement are you gonna, player. Like, and what is the argument like? Tim Duncan came into the league. The Spurs started winning. The Spurs kept winning until Tim Duncan left the league. There was never a, you know, when Robinson retired, he wasn't suddenly an eight seed losing in the first round. I agree, man. He, they weren't shit before Kawhi came to the team. You keep moving the pieces around. They were in the thick of it every Ginobili, year. Ginobili, Parker, Kawhi, all these guys, they're just moving moving p- chess pieces around the king. Yeah, he was that great. He really was. And I'd He's argue still- fucking Kevin Garnett's the second best player in that class. <laughs> but what about Killer Instinct? What about Killer Instinct? Killer Instinct is fucking... Fairy dust. You're you're a flat earther. You, you that's what you are. Like if you're saying killer instinct, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I will I, like that's I'm just I'm walking away. If you want to give me a killer instinct argument on any player, killer instinct. Cool. OJ had a killer instinct too. That's how two people died. Killer instinct. He just knew how to slash and run. Allegedly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for covering me legally. You need to. You think there's any truth that there was somebody else involved in those murders? I mean, there's the whole thing about his kid, right? Yeah, there's there's some wild conspiracies out Being there. The that, second, the second knifer. That I'm. Yeah, I was debating with somebody about that the other day. You, you know how crazy and strong he was. I'm. I was like, I'm just saying. There, there are theories out there. There was another slasher. So that Hall of Fame class, the new one I just said, will be nominated, or I'm sorry, inducted inducted September 11th. Never forget. Never forget the day Jay Wright became. I think we need need to move uh, and change some of this around, maybe just make an NBA Hall of Fame. I mean, you got college coaches, you got international players, you got WNBA. It's pretty confusing. Executives. Yeah. It, it does make for a super fun, though. Michael Jordan's second three-peat. Four Hall of Famers on the team. I mean, how much help does this guy need? I mean, talk about super teams. Four Hall of Famers and a Hall of Fame coach. Oh, I never thought of that. A super. I mean, you got Hall of Fame Jordan, Hall of Fame Pippen, Hall of Fame Rodman, Hall of Fame Coach, Hall of Fame Phil Jackson. I mean... It's unbelievable. That is a super team. When you have four Hall of Famers, is it a super duper team? Is that what we're calling them? I think it is. Not to throw shade, but I'm going to throw a little shade. It's not even shade. I got I got to just say this. I got to say this. Because the WNBA is back. I have to say it. It's It's fascinating to me. I didn't realize how bad it was. 
So the WNBA starts their 25th season, quarter of a century. I remember it very well. You remember what their slogan was? I remember. We got next. You good? Wow. I didn't think you're going to get that. We got next. Yep. Was their slogan. Well, I'm going to drop a few truth bombs here. Some, some people who might need to hear them. The WNBA has never made a single dollar. I was shocked by that. The WNBA has lost money for 24 straight seasons heading into this year. Let me repeat that. The WNBA has never made a single dollar of profit. I've, I've, I've known this the entire time. You knew it? Yep. It's underwritten by the NBA. It's an NBA commercial for girls. A hundred percent. It is subsidized by the NBA. On average, the WNBA loses $10 million every year it has existed. So next time I hear, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Next time I hear about the wage gap between the NBA players and WNBA, that's all you need to say to somebody. The WNBA has never made a dollar of profit, which brings me to a bigger point. What single business entity would exist for 25 years without making a single dollar of profit? Well, it's not a single business entity. It's an arm of the NBA. It's the WNBA. It's, you know, it's. It's the advertising department at Coke. That's what it is. But Coke you know. makes money selling Coke, but they pay a bunch of people to do advertising. And I would argue, you know, they, sh they shouldn't do as much as they do. I would argue that the NBA doesn't need like the whole idea was let's get women more into basketball. That actually will grow the NBA. Sure. I would I would argue that that isn't that's like. I just don't even that I think that's ludicrous. Like the idea that WNBA games bring women into NBA games is insanity. And by the way, this is not me being like a hater of the WNBA. I don't have experience. I, I'm, I'm just sick of these just wrong narratives. I, like, like, let me just read. I, I just had to do this. Let me just read some of these headlines. These are headlines in the last week about the 25th season. The WNBA has come a long way in 25 years. Things look brighter for the league's silver anniversary season. You haven't made a dollar again. WNBA goes into 25th silver anniversary season in thrive mode. The WNBA is right where it's supposed to be on its 25th anniversary. Based on what? What are these false narratives that based on you haven't made a dollar? What is thrive mode? What is where it's supposed to be? Like, dude, come at me with some physical evidence. The WNBA is I could argue, and, and I would love to see somebody come back at me, is no better off than it was in 1996. I'm sure it is because now TV deals and those things, it's going to be better off. But financially, it's not. Well, financially, it probably is as well. They're probably losing a lot less money than they used to lose, and that's fine. But again, it's a it's an NBA subsidy. And that's why the thing is, is like, let it happen. I don't care if the, if the NBA thinks this is good for their brand fine do nba spend your money on it 
You know what I mean? It's cool. I, I actually don't give a shit. And I've never gone to a game. I will never go to a game. I would I go. Watch uh, yeah. To cool. See. Go. I, I have no interest. Um, not There's not a single person that could come out of college that would make me go, oh, well, let's see what she does. Like, I'm not interested at all. If the NBA thinks, you know, this $10 million ad, you know, receipt that they have every year is worth it. Fine. That's fine. Okay. NBA. That's fine. But absolutely positively, we go back to the thing of like WNBA players complaining about your salaries. Like when your league makes money, we will get back to you. Yeah. Right now we're talking about, and this is revenue in like, they're already getting paid more than the revenue that they generate. Forget the, whether or not it ends up like breaking even or making money, but just in terms of the actual revenue, if you took it in a vacuum, they're already getting more, a higher percentage of their revenue than NBA players. Well, I think that's where the argument comes in. I think they say the WNBA women are getting 20%. And NBA players get, yeah. So NBA players receive around 50% of shared revenue within their league where WNBA gets 20%. Uh, the average player or like the money that's spent on their, the money that's is 20, 20% of the revenue is spent on paying the players. I, I don't know that for sure, but I know the NBA, I think the players get a larger cut. I don't, I don't know the math on that, how it works, but they're also because, because again, we're that it goes back to the thing, not if you're taking the fact that they're losing money, right? Sure. So 100% of losing money is you owe us money to play. Yeah. So the annual, the annual revenue for the NBA, this, this is like, I think 20, 2019, because 2020, obviously COVID, you don't even count that was 7.92 billion for the NBA. The WNBA's was sixty million in revenue versus seven point nine two billion. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point, the NBA is just—you're right. They're just—they're—you know what they're doing? They're doing a nice thing. You know what the NBA? The NBA is supporting their their daughter or son who sucks at a sport that costs money to play. Like, yeah. uh, like a gymnastics or something. I uh, I said the three days I was ever on dating apps, the amount of girls that had CEO in their bio, I'm like, just give your dad his fucking money back and go get a job working in PR. You're not <laughs> a CEO because you had three handbags made. CEO. Fucking selling them out of your garage. Oh, I'm man. a CEO, bitch. If you were a CEO of a f- real company, you wouldn't be on fucking Tinder. I, my professional qu- basketball player. Okay. Okay. Let's my go. question is at what point though, at what point does, does somebody, or if ever does the NBA just say, this isn't working. I don't think they will. It's like $10 million. The $10 million is what they spend on, you know, billboards. Yeah. They don't care. It's fine. Yeah. That makes sense. You want to talk Manny Machado slide? Yeah, I'm I, I want to talk about it because so many people have messaged me about it, tweeted me about it, whatever. I now have become like the you know official 
dirty slide judge or something like that. And a lot of people are really like upset about this. And trust me, I know that Manny Machado is a dirty player. Trust me, I know his history. I will not argue that he's not a dirty player. But this slide is like, I, I don't know what, like, I really don't know what people want him to do. And the idea that people come to me because I'm the guy who attacked Chase Utley. And now you want to like talk about like a guy sliding and barely contact somebody. Let's start with the first things first, guys. Put this all in perspective. I still hold a ton of hate in my heart for Chase Utley. Chase Utley never hit the dirt. We Calling it a slide is offensive to slide people who can slide. It's not a slide. It wasn't a slide. He knee-bombed a guy. He, he purposely made a decision to break a guy's legs. People are upset that Manny Machado slid in the middle of the baseline and made contact with the guy barely. But he did slide because the, the thing that I'm concerned about is what do you guys want him to do? Peel off and let, let like give basically give up and out and let them turn a double play on you by giving up. Or do you want him to run into him Albert Bell style? And then he's out, but he's, the other guy's probably out too because he's caused called for interference. If he just stands in the way he interfered, it's like the reason people slide just generally, the whole purpose of the slide is to stop moving so quickly in a short amount of time. Yeah, I'm, so that's I'm, why want, people, that's I'm why watching people don't right slide now. into first base because you I'm can watch, run through it. I'm watching it on a repeat. I got there's a great YouTube video that just keeps showing it in different angles. And obviously, I saw it. It is interesting when you watch it from different angles. I guess that does beg the question. I see your point of because when I first watched it, I said, dude, what the fuck are you doing? But then the question is, what does he do instead? I'm just like I'm you like said, does he totally just give fine up with this? And then the whole thing of like his history. You know, and I think it was. I forget who it was on Twitter who mentioned it to me and they were like. Vontez, when Vontez perfect, first of all, I never want a call made on the field to determine, to be determined by someone's history. Now, after the fact, find somebody based on their history is so reasonable and so common sense. But you're not going to either throw a personal foul or not throw a personal foul on Vontez perfect because of his history. He either committed a personal foul or he didn't. His history doesn't matter. Now, after the fact, if you determine he did commit a personal foul, you can adjust his fine, his suspension, whatever, based on his history. If they find that Manny Machado does something wrong, now you can change his fine and his suspension based on his history. I would argue, though, that he didn't do anything wrong here, and I'm not really sure what pe why people are arguing that he did. I don't know what you want him to do. He slides to stop. He slides to break up the play. He slides to get out of the way. The other options all lack in some one of those areas. If you peel off, you gave up. You give them the double play. If you run into the guy, now it's even dirtier. And you probably give up the double play because of interference. If you don't go down... 
you potentially get a baseball thrown in your face and you might still get called for interference. I think in that situation, I probably would have done what he did. Well, it's a bang, you know, it's bang, bang. It's so quick. People don't realize that when you're playing, you know, when you're playing, it's, it's so he instant. barely touches the guy. He like kind of clips him. It's not more, it's not more severe than any slide at second base. But again, he slides. People are Joe, you're Mr. Dirty Slide. Chase Utley knee bombed a guy. He took out a fucking sledgehammer and hit a guy in the back in the side of the fucking knee. He didn't even hit dirt. His pants weren't even dirty. He never touched second base. There's like it's, it's apples and fucking ducks. It's not even apples and oranges. Those are two fruits. This is apples and a fucking, you know, water bird. These are fucking in totally different atmospheres. I think it was clean-ish. Yeah, I'm just watching it over and over again. I mean... And I he, hate fucking Machado. Because he's dirty. But I don't think this is the dirty play. I've seen a lot dirtier, for sure. Oh, I've seen a million things dirty. Albert Bell was certainly dirtier, right? Yeah. Which I guess is kind of a like counter-like argument that you're like, why didn't he just run him over? Because that's fucked up. And he doesn't, uh, again, as I rewatch it right now, he doesn't, it, it is a very light slide. Yeah. Basically, his options are you run him over, you take yourself out of the play, like you're saying, you give it, which is giving up. If you peel out and you go out of the baseline, you essentially just let them turn the easiest double play of all time. He does, you know, after the slide, he grabs the guy. Yeah, to me, it was clean. As in like, hey, man, you cool? Yeah. He he didn't fucking, he didn't like nail him. Again, again. this isn't even that big of a story, but it's just like so many people. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's what I'll say to Cardinals fans. You're going full Shabelli here. This is, this is, this is, this is you guys going full Shabelli. This is every raff and ump is out to get you. There, you know. We got to bring him back, by the way. Shabelli, I know you listen to the show, man. I was looking at some of the I, I curious. I was just looking at what you like on Twitter. Dude, you're you're I'm not gonna say it with hate. I'm gonna say it with love and compassion, bro. We gotta bring you back to science and reality. I mean the, the notion, I, I hate to do this. I mean, but I'm doing it on air. I should just text him. I shouldn't do it on air. Do both. Do it on air and then text him. The, the notion that masks what? don't work, bro. Come on, Shabelli. Come on. Like, like we can argue over when the mask should be taken off and all that stuff. And But like the argument that masks don't work is just, it's just false, dude. It's just false. It goes back to the Spanish flu. Dude, they literally have old newspaper clippings from 100 years ago. Mass does help prevention of the coronavirus, of any sort of communicable, how do you pronounce it, communicable disease. Yeah. And, and for that reason, for that very reason, I've probably, I will most likely wear a mask for a long time when I fly. You know why? 
the amount of times I have gotten sick after flying and this Corona thing, put it all in perspective for me, which obviously I already knew you're on a plane with people, but now I'm thinking in the future, I don't want to get sick, whether it's a cold or a flu. You fall asleep, your mouth open. Yeah. Yeah. I trust me. I've been there a million times. And and I the idea, listen, I was never worried about it. I was never worried. Like we, we can talk about all the things. Like I was never worried about getting sick and it affecting me long-term. I was never worried about any of that, but I did it. I did the mask thing because it's the right thing to do. If we know it works and I didn't get a fucking cold this year. I didn't get the flu this year. Oh, that's because the flu has gone. They, they made all the flus, coronaviruses. Motherfucker, I didn't get any of it. I didn't get a cold. I didn't get the flu. I didn't get COVID. Look, I get the all- flu. I get a cold every fucking year. Yeah. And and look, the sniffles, I, the fucking every year. We all do. I mean, to, to judging off some of the tweets he likes, he is basically saying masks don't work. And again, dude, this goes beyond coronavirus. Masks, stuff entering your mouth and nose. We, gotta have, we, we should have, we should have a, uh, we should have an intern reunion. It's just, I like you, Shabelli. I like you as a person. You're a really good dude. I like you. I like your parents. I like your family. But come on, man. We, we, we like saying masks don't don't work. You're gonna have saying, to text it, them after this. What's up? You're gonna have to text them after this. It's saying the earth is flat. But but him and I have already had this discussion on text. I just, you know what? I was kind of disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I was like a disappointed dad. It's like, whoa, this is heavy. What's going on here? Man, what are you going to do? On a lighter note, as I point to my hair, the Ultra Swim chlorine remover is not working, clearly. Well, I told you it wouldn't, Andy. Did you? It's not going to take it out of your hair. But, you know, I was Googling some stuff and said it might, but I guess four months of swimming is tough to remove. It's going to take it out. It's going to stop causing more damage. It's going to stop you from causing more damage. It's not going to dye your hair brown. Because I bought it last week. Your hair is not, that's not white because of, because it's like it's because over the time the chlorine's in there <laughs> it's changed the color of your hair it's not yeah. gonna change it back i thought it was i thought it was gonna change it back well i told you it wasn't i didn't listen i clearly so now i'm stuck with sun in frosted tips until i keep cutting it right but if you keep using your if you keep using your uh it's called ultra swim yeah. Have you have you have you ever used it? Yeah. Yeah. We have we have, I'm, I mean my whole family swam growing up like sure. that was like our that was like our shampoo. Yeah. As kids. I was doing my research. And and to be honest, like I said, I don't mind the color. It was more of just my hair was always feeling nasty. I got it. You have to shower right after you swim with shampoo and conditioner. That's also some days I wouldn't. I go home, then I shower later. That's me right now, waiting for the show to end so I can take a shower. Oh, really? All right. Well, let's get to a couple calls first. We got lots of calls for the call episode. Let's do it. But we got some calls uh, before that. 
we have, uh, well, let's, let's start with this call. I thought this was a good call because I've wondered this myself. Hey guys, John, like Orion, Michigan here. Question for you, maybe Brano, since he has some uh, inside knowledge in the NFL. Just watching the draft <clears throat> uh, whenever it was on, like I do every once in a while. And I've always wondered why there's so many people in the quote-unquote war rooms. Like, there's like, they're pushing 15 people in there. And, and like, what what do they do? I, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like they don't know who's going to be in the draft until, like, draft day. Like, like, they've had months to prepare and look everybody up and predict what other teams are going to do. I, I mean, you think you need, like, eight max especially in like the first round you know not to mention how often these teams fuck it up um so yeah i don't think these guys just like quickly like stocking everyone's like twitter history to like make sure they're not going to make a uh, cancelable draft pick or or what um so just want to hear what you guys uh had to say about that uh stay there i mean that's a great question so there's the the answer is like, it's not that crazy. First of all, you have your GM, typically your coach, your head of player personnel, right? That's like, that's your big three. Your big three is, you know, your brain trust. They know what they're looking for. They know whatever. Then the, the rest is your scouting department and your scouting department, you know, is broken up depending on how your team handles it. But like, you might have a guy who's, you know, scouts the sec and another guy who scouts the pack 12 and another guy who scouts this team and another, or this league. And then you also have guys who scout by position. So you get to a point in the draft where something happens and now you're going like, okay, we're either taking this guy or we're taking this guy. We're either taking, you know, our, our big board says we're either taking this wide receiver from you know, Vanderbilt, or we're taking this linebacker from Texas, right? So now you have two guys there that you're going to be like, listen, how, like, I know, I know you gave your grades, but like, let's, let's now let's have a conversation between you two guys about like your separate grades, but also like really who's better, like really who do we want here, blah, blah, blah. Or are we trading back? And then, you know, Okay, yeah. let's say we're trading back. Then our options are if we trade back, we're going to go, then we're going to target this guy. Now you're bringing in this guy who had the pact. So there's a lot of people because not every scout scouted every guy. The big the big uh, senior scout moment this year was the guy when Philly drafted the kid and their scout fucking wasn't happy about it. You know what I mean? And everybody was fist bumping and – that guy was obviously pissed off that they took the guy he didn't like versus the guy he did, you know, in that moment, he's saying, I think we take this guy. So you you're, it's just having everybody's opinion because no one, no one person can be an expert on all the players. Obviously the GM, the head coach is not really an expert on any of these players, the GM and the head of player personnel, they're going to be your best experts on as many people as possible. But then after that, you've got a bunch of guys who are experts in little different pockets of either position or, you know, geography or whatever. Yeah. 
That's a good explanation because I've wondered the same. Why are there so many dudes in these rooms? It's got to be stressful, though. Yeah. For teams. Yeah, I don't know. But it seems to work. It seems like they probably need all those guys. Yeah, I mean, not every team's got 15 guys. And I think that, you know, or maybe, and, and honestly, under those guys, but like, it, it's good. Like, what if you're not going to have your scout there on draft day? When, when the fuck, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, why wouldn't you have them there? Let's say you yeah. have 15 scouts on your team or 12 scouts on your team or 10 even. You could take their reports all you want, but like to not have them sitting there to go like, all right, let's, let's fucking really talk this out. we got five minutes. Like I would have, I would have every guy that scouted a player for me in my war room. Yeah. And most teams have a lot of scouts that, that, that has been the, that's always been the knock on the Cincinnati Bengals. Not enough scouts. I mean, it's it, it's 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 hysteric. It's it's a joke. I'm looking right now at the Bengals current Bengals.com their roster. They have four guys listed as scouts. Yeah, because they're that cheap, and and that's again why when you see in these war rooms, most of them have ten to fifteen guys because they're going to do more. Okay, we have a response to our Tim Tebow discussion last week. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Andy. Uh, it's the alcoholic uh, army dirtball, Randy. Uh, I'm listening to the most recent episode and listening to Joe go off about uh, Tim Tebow. Um, I kind of got to say, like, I, I feel like I kind of agree with Joe, maybe not to the extreme uh, that he's going like, you know, like when I was younger, I'm from Tennessee, and I'm a Tennessee Balls fan. But I, like, at the, at the age, like when Tim Tebow was playing for Florida, was like when I really started paying attention to sports. And I was a fucking diehard. Like I loved Tim Tebow at in college. I would watch Florida games more than I watched Tennessee, mainly because Tennessee fucking sucks. You know, go balls. But. Uh, I, I was diehard for Tim Tebow when he played for uh, for Florida, but kind of like Johnny Manziel, like he kind of his career peaked in college, like didn't really do shit in the NFL. So I get it, like he's going to sell jerseys or whatever. But if you're, they're just signing him to sell jerseys, it's kind of stupid, you know. It, it really does seem like some fucking coach's son kind of situation. Uh, that's just my two cents. Uh, all right, stay there, Well, I'm glad he called because he kind of confirmed what I was. You know, that was just my point of why people love Tebow. Of I said SEC country, like him, grows up not even a Florida fan, but he sees Tebow because he's in SEC country, and people hold on to shit. But right? he's also saying he's you know. He, he's basically saying, yeah, it's ridiculous that he signed. So we've got we've got a confirmed Tebow stand saying like this is ridiculous, and that's that's to me like that's to me. It's like yeah, of course, 
It, and, and that's common sense, and that's fine. And and be a Tebow Stan back in his college days. Yeah. Be be a Tebow Stan that you rooted for him to succeed in the NFL. And be a Tebow Stan that when he didn't succeed in the NFL and he tried baseball, you rooted for him there. But this is where we're like, Jesus Christ, go away. And if Tebow Stans are sort of at that point with it, my question is, who are you people? That are still pulling for this guy. Well, I would argue again, most Tebow stands aren't, and they're blinded by their love of him from ten years ago. You know, I, I looked at his numbers after we did our show. You know, at this point, I would probably say he's the best college football player of all time. F- fine, uh, uh, who no, cares? I, I know, but 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 again, Joe, I, I'm not saying that translates to why he should be signed today. I don't think he should be signed. We all know that. But my point is. He was that good as a three-year starter, as a four-year player. Like he was that dominant. And I think people forget. My buddy was over yesterday. It was funny. My buddy, my buddy lived in Denver for 13 years. He just moved back in the last like year and a half, two years. And, he, and even him, it's like he was blinded, right? He's like, no, man. He, I go, no, he didn't. I said, my buddy, I, I even used the, the verbiage. I will bury you in this argument, dude. Tebow did not. And my buddy's not even a Tebow stand. He's like, no, man, but he had some. I go, he did not have any seasons with your. When you lived in Denver, the Broncos, when they won that game against the Steelers, and then when they got their shit pushed in the next week against New England, I go, his numbers were always bad, bro. Always, always bad. Always. I go, they had a defense. The, that best, was a Super the best game he had was the, the playoff game. Yeah, it was a Super Bowl defense, which obviously they ended up winning a couple of years later. I was like, people, just because they won games, they were the most ugly games. He was terrible in the NFL. That's just a statistical fact. Tim Tebow was awful in the NFL. Awful. Yeah, he was not good. But in college, like I said, you could argue, and I might be one of those people who would argue he was the best collegiate player of all time, but that's not the pros. Also, you know, you can make the argument that the best college player of all time, like if, you know, there's a, there's a total difference between the best player in college and the best college player ever. Right. Cause the best players don't tend to play four years. Sure. Exactly. All right. Let's get to a uh, call out on me. I'm going to have to have to share my side of, of this, not even my side, just I'm going to have to counter to, to what I feel is a, a egregious call right here. Okay, so listen, I'll try to keep this call under a minute because Andy Ruther, which leads into my point, Mr. I'm all about free speech. I'm all about letting people say whatever they want. But all of a sudden, like, no, I'm against people putting Black Lives Matter on jerseys, and I'm against people putting ads on jerseys, like, and keep your calls under a minute, like, how are you going to argue for free speech and then argue for all of those things? That's all I'm saying is, like, it, it goes a lot, like, Prano says it all the time, like, everyone's for free speech until it's an inconvenience to them, and, like... That's really what this call is about. I'm just fucking around. I'm making jokes. Condoms are for 
I don't know. Condoms are for whoever owns the New York Knicks. I can't remember his name. All I remember is that he's a giant fuckhead. But, yeah, Ruther. Come on now. <laughs> Bro, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, lay off the weed. Actually, don't lay off the weed. Um, I think he's joking mostly, I'd assume, because one, I, I never, I've never said ever, oh, I like the Black Lives Matter. I've said they can do whatever they want. But I said, I think a lot of slogans, like all companies do, I said to me, doesn't actually move the needle. Um, so one, I didn't say that. I, I will I will say this about dirtball sometimes. I think you guys gotta listen better sometimes. You like you like to hear what you want to hear from either of us sometimes. You gotta make sure you listen. And freedom, me saying I have issues with advertisements on jerseys is not a freedom of speech issue, bro. <laughs> That's just me saying aesthetically, which I did say also, if you listened, put down the bong, bro. I'm saying I don't like seeing advertisements on a Lakers or a Celtics jersey. I know soccer has been doing it forever. It's just me. Maybe I'm being an old head. That's fine. You can disagree with me. That's fine. I'm being an old head. I don't like going to Reds games and seeing try health around the field. Them pushing, you know, a healthcare service. What do you think of the camo hats and baseball all weekend? (laughs) I don't think they're attractive jerseys either. And as far as the calls are concerned, this dude, I'm not infringing on your speech. I'm trying to produce a podcast. <laughs> what do you want? Free reign? Do six, seven minute calls? This guy's unbelievable. This guy's unbelievable. I love it. And Absolutely. he gave a condoms for James Dolan. Who he didn't know. James Dolan is the owner of the Knicks. But I appreciate the call. I think he's mostly joking. I think he was stoned last time. Okay. Uh, do we do we have time for any more, Joe? I really got to take a leak. Sure, we'll do one more and then go piss. Okay. Here, I think, is another stoner call. Hey, what's up, guys? It's uh, Ray from Tom's River, New Jersey, again, calling in. Uh, yeah, I was pretty stoned last call. I do <laughs> after after leaving the call, I was like, wait a minute, if it was a live call, they they pick up but yeah anyway anyways um yeah my question for the day is like hey just have you guys ever had any like um you know um what's it called like death experiences like oh you're convinced you're gonna die like hey for example i was when i was 15 i was longboarding down this steep ass hill and at the end there's a stop sign i was like all right if i jump off i'm gonna tumble or if i go through stops i'm gonna hit by a car but Somehow I ended up all right. But anyway, that's my question. I just want to know. And, uh, yeah, so condoms are for, uh, shit, uh, Chicago Bears, I guess. Yeah. Is this our, t- what do you say it's Tom, Tom's River? Yeah. I think Kyle, our other Tom's River there, Paul, I think, I think he's trying to connect with you, bro. So you guys got to get, get on Twitter. Twitter, we're trying to make this Tom's River dirt ball connect. Um, so. Just put that out there. A uh, near death experience, Andy. Have you had a near death experience? You know that one time I woke up with my head bashed in and blood coming out of my ear. But you didn't, like in that moment. Had you remembered that moment? That could have been. It could have been. 
But I think you know that like life flash before your eyes. Okay. I I didn't have a near death experience. Ah, I don't even know if I want to admit this because it's a I don't I don't want people thinking they should do this. This actually happened when I was in LA. I don't think I told you this. Or did I tell you? I got way, way too stoned to drive one night. And I shouldn't have driven. And I'm just going to be honest with everybody. Like, I shouldn't have driven. I was too stoned. And I didn't realize how stoned I was. And as you know, normally when you are stoned driving, you used to have a whole routine on it. You're going way under the speed limit. And that's what was happening. I had, I was, it's one thing if I was going to be close by, but I had to do like 15 minutes in the freeway. And I was so stoned. At one point I looked at the speedometer. I was going like 53 miles an hour on the freeway. I was like, whoa. And then the ramp from the 405 to the 105, you know how high it is? Yeah. Dude, I thought I was going to die. So that, that five milligram edible hit you hard. No, I didn't do edibles because I would never <laughs> drive an edibles. That's why I drove. Normally, if I smoke weed, I'm fine to drive. I didn't realize until I was basically halfway home how stoned I was. And in the big cities, right? A lot of these ramps are going over other freeways. When I was driving up that ramp, thank God there was no cars out. I looked at one point, I was going 10 miles an hour up the ramp. I was scared to drive. And I was like, I'm going to fly off the ramp. And I was like, just make it through, just make it through. Obviously, and I wasn't driving recklessly. That's why I'm sharing it. I was stoned. So I'm driving way too cautiously. Mine's also from when I was driving, I was driving my buddy home from uh, in high school after a party. And I went to school in Greenwich, Connecticut. And my house was, you know, across the border in New York. A lot of windy country roads and i was late trying to get home and i had to drive my buddy home first so i'm on this winding country road and i was driving way too fast and my pathfinder my 97 pathfinder at the time went on to two wheels and i was like oh we are fucking definitely gonna die <laughs> and i don't even remember wh what happened but like i kind of like went numb in the moment and didn't really try to like fix it. Cause I, I was like, I don't know what to do here, but it went onto two wheels. And I think I made like a slight adjustment and we came back, but like both my buddy and I were like, fuck bro. That was like, like that was bad. Yeah. That sounds terrifying. I mean, we weren't like fucking Dukes of hazard sideways, but like two wheels were off the ground and it was, uh, it was when it came back down, it was a very dicey situation. The other time, me and my buddy Pete Einerson were driving home from a U2 concert in Philadelphia, and we tried to do the mid uh, the mid drive swap of drivers. Oh boy. And we had done it many a time successfully, but Pete is a clumsy motherfucker. And we had actually had our friend Abby asleep in the back when it happened. And when he took the wheel, he like kicked off the lights, and we were like on like a we're on like a highway, like a two lane, like windy highway. And then the lights were off. And I, in that moment, I was also like, we could definitely die here. And I kind of like screamed. And then the girl in the back woke up like to, to us driving on the highway with our lights off and was like, what the fuck is happening? 
but definitely the first one was the one where I was like, we're going to die. Yeah. I had that incident I've told on Utah when I moved from after college to Las Vegas, when I was on top of the mountain and there was no rain. So I didn't have the wipers on and it must've rained and like sleeted and hailed whatever. And I hit that ice patch going 75 miles an hour. And suddenly my windshield's covered. Right. And I have no windshield wipers on at the time. And I slid off in that 110 mile stretch with no stops into the medium. I was, and it wasn't just me, multiple people, the same thing happened. Just like my heart again was pounding my everything I owned right right into Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Everything I owned was in that Corolla, including all my smut. And I've made that joke that I'm, I'm going to die and my parents are going to find me and they're going to say, why is he holding on to all these hustler magazines that are in different languages that I had kept from when I traveled in Europe? Unbelievable. Very weird. Yeah. Hey, I'm a weird guy, right? I'm a weird dude, but I'm not a pedophile. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm I've seen some tweets. Joe, stop it. Just stop it. What I didn't do anything. Stop putting these things out there. I didn't do anything. Yeah, you, you were did. like, you literally were like talking about sleeping with your child, sleeping with in your basement with children. I'm like, he's I'm my like, nephew, he, and he's a young kid, and he's scared. That's not weird. It's a young kid. Kids get scared about shit. I just, I just. Slowly, it's not, it's not the, it's, what, it's what not the neighborhood me. kid. It's it, it's a it's my nephew. Yeah, Joe, you know what you do. I'm gonna show up to local pool and they're like, "You're not welcome here." We heard what Joe Prado said on the pod. You were literally, I think you didn't you say on last episode like how young is too young or something like that. Like you're digging <laughs> your own hole here. I'm just literally letting you talk. I know. I'm just playing around. All right, guys. That's the show. That's the calls. 310-359-8365. I really got to take a leak. Where can they see I really got to uh, see some of you dirtballs out this week in San Francisco. Thursday uh, is a show at District 6. I'm doing like a little bit of time on. Uh, and then Friday, Saturday, two shows. Me headlining. Laugh City. Um, it's at a place called Executive Order. And if you Look up Laugh City or you go to my website, uh, the Laugh City. Uh, there's a Laugh City Eventbrite page. Get some tickets to that next week in Alaska, following week in San Diego for a show or two, and then Mets Pods. So come out and see a show. But definitely if you're in the Bay Area, come out this weekend. They're going to be fun. And uh, I'm running my headlining set for the first time in, I don't know, two years. Cool. Guys, uh, Joe Prane on all social media except for Twitter at Fix Your Life. It's been fun. We'll see you uh, Thursday. Have a great few days. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>